Welcome to the One Delightful Podcast, where we believe life should be simple, but fun. I'm Philip, And I'm Katie. And we invite you to join us on a journey as we figure out how to clear through the clutter of life to create space for what matters. Because if we can do it, anyone can do it. On today's show, we're going to tell you what we really think of Marie Kondo. We're going to talk about the direction that our business is going, which is a little bit different than where it's gone before and has a lot to do with what we're talking about on the podcast this season. And we're going to wrap it up with our favorites with What Do You Recommend? We're going to start today's show with a hot take. A hot, spicy take on a hot topic, and that is... Our favorite little lady, Marie Kondo. Oh, I don't know if it's demeaning to call her a little lady. She's so tiny, though. You watch the show and she hops out of this Dodge minivan. Is it a Dodge? Uh, It sort of seems like it. She pops out with her translator. She's very prim and proper, well-dressed. Her boxes. She comes with the same boxes every time that you think she's going to leave as gifts for people, even though they're just boxes, but it seems like she takes them with her every time. So we, like many of you, maybe have watched the Marie Kondo series on Netflix, and we watch most of them. But I would say, so we read this book six years ago? Yeah, probably something like that. And you know what? It really was a hot book when it was out, too. It was so hot. (laughs) It was a hot fire book. I think that our definition of what's (laughs) hot... (laughs) Might be a little bit different than most normal people. Yeah, whatever happened to hotornot.com? I don't know. It probably still exists. Anywho, Marie Kondo. Okay, so we read it when it was like the hot new fire six years ago. and Or I would say Philip read it. And... We, and gave you a very accurate summary yes. of its content. And we applied a lot of it then. And I would say a lot of it has stuck. So when it the novel, or excuse me, when the Netflix show came out, we were kind of like, eh, I'll watch it, I guess. Maybe you were like that. I was super excited. That's so But weird. again, I did read the book. Okay. Yeah. So we've applied a lot of this stuff for years. I don't want to try to be one of those people that's like, oh, well, I read the book six years ago but the book was so much better but i would say harry potter people harry potter snobs oh right or most books and movies yeah what about gone girl similar to harry potter yeah so we read it a while ago and but i would say we have applied it don't you think like i would say that's what she does does not feel that different to me than regular decluttering Except for all the house blessing. Yeah, there's that. And then there's the joy piece. I don't know that many people are like... Does it spark joy? And touching the item. I need to get rid of this crap. Right. It's going in the trash can. Right. But spark joy is so subjective. Yeah. So where are we going with this, babe? Well, I think we said our hot take on Marie Kondo more is like clickbait to get people to listen in. But our hot take is basically... Yeah, we're really supportive of this. (laughs) I also thought it was funny, though, that it was like everybody was talking about it type thing. Like, I feel like it did not live up to the hype. I think people are so 
tired of all of the political turmoil that's been going on, that they just want to be excited about something different. And there's not a solar eclipse this year. So Marie Kondo is the next best thing. Wasn't there a lunar eclipse though? I think it, yeah, but it's different. It's not something you drive to Indiana to see like the full coverage (laughs) or whatever it was. Okay. So I didn't, people were giving it a lot of hype. We've watched half the seasons, but it's not the type of show that's like, ooh, I can't wait to binge watch this show. So we would recommend if you have not read the book or if you have, it's still a great watch, right? Yeah. And seeing the different people declutter definitely reminds me how far we've come. It's also very entertaining and well, entertaining, more like realistic to see they show couples actually fighting about it where I feel like normally in HGTV shows, everybody's just agrees and is happy. But in this show, it actually shows that generally there's the distress. One, yeah, and it's the usually distress. the woman. She's usually the weak emotional. Not like, the Hawaiian dude, the Hawaiian oh, Asian dude. He I was think the I only problem. half watched He had lots that. of baseball cards. I only half watched that. But I think that more what we have to offer is we went through this process a while ago mm-hmm. and I feel like here is our advice from having done it a while ago. One's real practical and one is a suggestion. I can't wait to hear what this is. First, the very practical one is fold clothes the way she tells you to fold clothes. Yeah, we love that. You know, do you remember earlier this year when we did some of the like how to declutter anything? I, in one of the original takes, I was like, we still use the original Marie Kondo thing. Maybe we'll do a YouTube video on how to fold the clothes, but you deleted that piece. Oh, no. that's Because so you were terrible. like, I don't feel like doing a video. But it's super helpful. And I wouldn't say I do it exactly like she does it. But the idea is you get your clothes standing up so you can see things. Yeah. So nothing is stacked. You can yeah. see everything. And it helps you to declutter stuff because there's only so much room. <clears throat> but it helps so that you can see everything. I would say it's been harder to apply this to kids stuff, though. Although you did do that. I tried to do it, but it's like they just dig through their own clothes and then make a mess. Yeah, I I feel like it could work. Okay. You could train them to do anything. So the clothes, the way you organize the clothes has been huge. And then she really does take that and like apply it to like other things as well. So any way you can make things visually... um, What's the word? Available? Apparent. (laughs) It's visually, so visually available. Visually visual <laughs> is a good thing. You want to be able to see your stuff. Yeah, you want to see your stuff. <laughs> but then I think here's the suggestion that yeah. we'd have um, is it sort of seems like in the show that they're saying, hey, decluttering is something that you do one time and then you're sort of done and you're fixed. But I think that reading that book a while ago has made us realize that you're sort of like in our consumeristic culture, you're sort of need to be on a never ending decluttering cycle to stay decluttered so that you don't become a stuff manager. Cause we felt like stuff managers at points. Yeah. I have, I know that's what, um, the nester calls it. So basically our takeaways are learn how to fold clothes like her. If you haven't watched it, it's still a great watch because her basics to how to declutter stuff, I would say, has helped us figure out a process for decluttering our house. But there should be a follow-up series. I'm happy to co-host it with you, Philip. I'd like to go back and interview the people that did the show, but like months later, because I bet that their life 
hasn't been flipped upside down still. Yeah, that's because right. Because habits, you've got to like change habits or that stuff is just going to get piled up again. So I think the way we've done it is we have a one space a week to declutter. We just have like a never ending. We declutter one space a week. Right. Maybe someday we'll get there where we don't have to anymore. Katie, here we are on episode two of season two of the One Delightful podcast. I can't believe we've made it this far. So you're going to want to make sure and check out season two, episode one, where we gave a little bit of a life update um, and talked about where we're at in life right now and also talked about the things in life that we've decided are our top priorities, the things we want to be most important, but also talked about how it can be really hard to keep the things that you want to have as most important in your life actually as the most important things in your life because stuff's just so busy all the time that things are constantly grasping for your attention and crowding out what's most important. So all this stuff has really forced us to think about our business empire. Ooh, empire. I like the sound of that. I think Philip called it that earlier, which sounds ridiculous, but... We do have an LLC, so maybe calling it an empire is totally justified. That's right. We're protected. We file our taxes differently than you sole proprietors. Pro- 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 uh, anyway. Yeah, well, that's not important. Okay. okay, so it's been part of the reason why we've been MIA because we really wanted to think about what we wanted the business to, like, what, what did we want the business's heart to be and what we wanted to offer people. And so as we shared that for us, it's really hard to keep in front of us what's the most important thing. Um, even though we had even taken the time to think about what were the most important things for us, it's just hard to keep that in front of us. So our heart behind the business, One Delightful Shop, is everything we do is to remind people to live for more, for what's most important in life. And as I always need to give this disclaimer, disclaimer, it's not because we've mastered this. It's because we have a hard time doing this ourselves. (laughs) And so we figure other people are probably like us and need help as well. And this, I feel like it's a little bit of a departure from where we've or you've gone in the past, um, because taking stuff in this direction is going to like make you wear your heart on your sleeve a little bit more. Um, instead of, Hey, I picked out these clothes, hope you like them kind of thing. It's sort of like, Hey, life's overwhelming. It's really hard for me. And I want to offer you something that I really think will help you. Right. Do you like it? (laughs) You know, and there's like something sort of scary about that. Right. I feel like I only like wearing my heart on my sleeve when I decide I want to, but it's like, if, Like I decide, oh, I want to offer this personal information. But if it's like you're kind of putting yourself out there and it's raw and you don't know if it's going to be successful, it's a little bit scarier. Yeah, that's right. So that's kind of the heart behind the business. And that's going to be reflected in um, I'm working on some hand lettered stuff and prints and excuse me, accessories, um, clothing And then we're keeping the fun jewelry because kind of like our catchphrase, it's simple but fun. So, and it's kind of like the, 
I'm making a hand wave sign like I've done the jewelry for so long it kind of makes sense to continue to incorporate that but with a little bit more heart behind it. So I feel like one element that we've been working through is what is this whole thing about? Are we just trying to make money selling clothes to people mm-hmm. or is this going to be about something more? And that's sort of the something more that we've latched onto. But I feel like another thing that has taken you a while to think through as you've been thinking about sort of what you want to do has been like you felt like a little bit of angst about the direction that you were sort of heading in terms of like what you enjoyed doing. Yeah. So there's a blog post about this as well that we'll put a link to. But basically most of my life I've wanted to do something with house stuff. Why do you say it like that? (laughs) Defense mechanism? Yeah, probably. Um, So I've always liked like house stuff, but I've really never done anything besides my own personal house stuff. Like when I was a kid, I kind of wanted to be an interior designer, but in my mind I was like, then I'm going to have to do projects for other people. And what if they don't like them? And because I was a six and didn't know it, I was so afraid of what people would think. I thought I won't like doing this because it's just going to be about people pleasing and that stresses me out. But with the way the world has changed and the internet has changed things, there's other ways of being doing kind of interior work for people or home decorating type stuff that isn't like the old school hire an interior designer and get some fancy lamps kind of way, which was the way I thought about an interior designer when I was a kid. And so this fall, you sort of intentionally, but sort of not just because it was what you were passionate about, started sort of expressing your creativity more through home stuff that you were sharing about than through clothes stuff. Yeah, that's really what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to on, and I feel like Instagram is such a big thing and who knows how much longer it'll be a big thing for. But I really wanted to share more about how stuff and I was finding like, I like following home Instagram people and home bloggers. I don't really care for fashion bloggers very much. Maybe that's a body image thing, but it also was just like, I'm more excited about the home stuff than I am. It helped me discern. So what kind of accounts so do you follow? I'm so tired of looking at mesh tank tops. Is <laughs> it that kind of thing? No, but I just knew, like, I knew if a friend, I'm not going to say if I you. am so tired of these velour jogging shorts <laughs> everywhere. If, if a friend said to me, Katie, could you help me figure out what? clothes look best in my body and what I should put in my closet, I would be like, I have no idea. But Or you do have an idea. Okay, but, but not you feel a lot more out of your Yes, element. yes. But with house stuff, I feel like I have a little bit more of like an opinion and just a natural natural like interest in that. So that helped me to kind of discern So figure out which Instagram accounts you like more and maybe that's what you want to do with your life. (laughs) Okay. Um, So that helped me to figure that out. But I was having this angst and Philip kind of was like, what's the big deal? Everything can just stay under one delightful shop. It's not a big deal, right? It's just Instagram. (laughs) Right. Um, And I, I do agree with him to a certain point. Like, it's like, who cares? But I also felt like it was confusing where I was trying to sell people products 
with the One Delightful Shop, but then I also really wanted to share just like creative stuff around the house, etc. So we finally settled on over Christmas break that I would split the two accounts and that what followed too, which I don't even think this was part of our plan then, but that the websites should be separated as well and that we were almost splitting this into two facets of the business. Wow. Bombshell. So we have One Delightful Shop and One Delightful Creative is what we're calling it. And like we said, One Delightful Shop is like the selling piece. Um, And then the creative piece is the same heart behind it of helping people create spaces and simplify their houses to create like a beautiful home that they feel good in and helps them to create space for what matters. Yeah. And I feel like the combination of those two things is where we really figured out, oh, I think that this is what we want to be about. And we're hoping this might really help people because at first it was, you know, I'm selling this jewelry, but I don't really know if I have much of like a theme behind it. So Mm -hmm. I better separate that out from the home stuff because how do those two things connect together? But I feel like when you actually separated them out and you started sharing about home and then as you started doing the shop and it became more about like hand lettering and like what you were saying through that, what both of us realized as we're also going through this sort of existential crisis in our life was it's really hard to remember and enjoy what's most important in life. And that's the theme that could sort of tie both of the things together, right? Because I feel like what has made our house so much better over the past couple years as you've really dove more into designing it is it's really a lot more conducive of a space because it's functional and it's also like a fun place to be because of the design to like just live and enjoy our family and not have to worry as much about like cleaning up because it's so cluttered or just not be like a place we want to be in. Right. And then on the close side... I feel like the things that have brought you joy and have resonated with people have been stuff that's like a shirt that says courage on it. Well, and I think what we realized was as we split the two businesses, it helped them both to make more sense. Like, I think I was afraid of like, oh, well, if we split them, we will we really have time to manage both? And is this foolish to split them? Because... Then I'm just going to be like, oh, let's just put them back together. This too much work to figure out how to maintain both of them. And what I mean by maintain is if you maybe run an online business, there's you want to do some sort of social media, you know, sharing, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. But it does become tricky to think about the content for both places. Um, So I, I was fearful that we wouldn't be able to manage all of the pieces, but I think as we've split it, it's made me more confident in each place. Like it's made me think, okay, I know what the shop is about and we're communicating with people what the shop is about. And we're trying this new scary thing with the creative branch and with homes that's scary, but at least it's clear rather than it being like, I'm kind of do a bunch of creative things and I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think the scary part with the creative thing is what you're saying is 
you're going to offer your services and our services to help people either online or in person design spaces. Yes. So it helped me to kind of piece this together when my friend Katie let me do a project for her. And I realized I, I really liked helping her love the home that they were in because they're going to be in it. But make it more functional, like figure out like where the pain points are and maybe where like design is lacking that might spark a little bit of joy as Marie Kondo would say. And now we've come full circle. Yeah. So I'm not a three on the Enneagram. I think like Enneagram is prerequisite to this podcast. If you're a three, this is probably nothing that you struggle with. I just struggle with putting myself out there and saying, this is what I'm trying. And and I think I'm good at it. Yeah, but you know what? Because you haven't even said that. I know yet. I haven't and said you that. I won't even say Fun it. Fun fact. I have to say it for if you. If you're a six, sixes have like short term memory with their successes. I like literally have amnesia over things that I've done well because I just. I doubt myself so much. So even though every person who's ever walked into any home that we've owned or into any place that you've designed stuff for people has said, Oh, I love your style. I wish you could do that for me. You still have a hard time believing that you will be good at doing that for other people. Yes. So that's the gist to learn more about she our shop. She has even forgotten that <laughs> I said that. I think she fell asleep while I said those words. Um, to see this shop, it's OneDelightfulShop.com. Um, the creative site is OneDelightfulCreative.com. And on our blog, we'll link to a little bit more specifics of what we're doing and the kind of stuff we're offering. And since Philip mentioned that I'm a big doubter in myself, I am an amateur. And <laughs> <laughs> But... We're excited to start trying this. And I would say I think this is easier for me because I say I'm the designer, but really Philip and I are a little bit of a team. I just get to be the one that wears my heart on my sleeve and has to put myself out there. And he just gets to be backstage and pushes me. But he's um, like my sounding board for a lot of stuff. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. And so we kind of work together. And then he's also the more perfectionist and like able to use the drill person. <laughs> I can install a dimmer. Yeah. Yeah. Which we might do soon. So you might be asking, why are we saying all of this? And I guess there is a little piece of it. That's an advertisement. Like we'd love for you to shop at one delightful shop. If you need a space designed, um, we'd love for you to consider hiring Katie to do it. But there's also a piece of it that ties into what we talked about last week and what we really want to offer on the podcast, which is what is most important in life? Like if you could decide how you want to live your life in the most perfect way, like what would you do? But then also like what's holding you back from doing that? And so again, we're in this place where we're saying we have this little mini retirement, you know, our space right now in our life where we can decide for ourselves what's next. What do we want next to be? And how do you make a decision that's based out of like what you want to do and who you want to be and not a decision that's based on fear of failure, mm -hmm. you know, that just forces you into doing what everybody else does. So this is a, you're, we're in part sharing this too, because it's a little bit of an experiment where mm -hmm. 
we really think we have a vision for something that could be really good and really serve people. Or goodish. <laughs> but we're saying it on the front end. Um, we've just come up with these ideas and just started to offer them to people, and we don't know how it's going to end up. We think it'll end up well. The world's okayest designer. <laughs> like those commercials, the tattoo artist. Oh, yeah. I'm okay at you know, stay in your lane, but yeah. I'm okay at doing tattoos. Um, but we don't really know how it's going to end up, but we're trying. Yeah. Um, so we hope that maybe as we succeed, probably as we like succeed and fail at the same time and edit stuff as we go, maybe this can inspire you a little bit to really think about like what's important and maybe to get a little bit of motivation to say, huh, well, if they can do it, their life sounds like a lot more of a train wreck than mine. Maybe I could try it in right. a little way too. Uh, because you only get to live one time. Why would you not decide what's most important and try to live for that? Is that a hashtag YOLO? That could be. See, I got all serious and now you... I know, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah. But you agree with that, right? No, I, I agree. And I mean, yeah, because I, I guess thinking about... Why would someone even want to listen to this? Like, I, I just agree with everything you said. I mean, we, our lives are short. Why not go for it? And maybe you have even a little bit more of a head start than us, as in you didn't both quit your jobs <laughs> and you're already kind of doing what you want to do. You're even closer. Yeah. Maybe you should start a podcast or come on ours. Yeah. Yeah, if you're living for what's most important right now, maybe you should come on our podcast so you could talk to us about it. Oh, geez. It's a scary open invitation. I'd have to this learn is how not, to use Skype. This is not open mic, one delightful <laughs> podcast, though. All right, so we'll be back next week um, to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, but until then, what's most important to you? And are you living for and enjoying that? We're going to end today's show with What Do You Recommend, where we make a recommendation of something we love in the world. Katie, what do you recommend this week? <laughs> so I recommend this thing called Creo Brew. I, it, I would say maybe two weeks ago it would have been a half-hearted recommendation, but I like it even more now. And that's the best kind of recommendation, One's, one that is tested with time. One that you liked okay at first, but <laughs> grew to think is a little bit better than average over time. So Tell me more about Creo Brew. <laughs> Creo Brew, we discovered it during Whole30, and it's ground cocoa beans. I had to look it up, but it's Whole30, it's paleo. It tastes a little bit like chocolate, maybe. I think there's a way to make it more of a hot chocolatey type drink. But I'm very um, coffee sensitive. I love coffee and I really want to drink it all day if I could. But I have to cut it off around like noon because it's too much caffeine for me. But we've started doing half Creo brew with our French press, which I think is maybe a past recommendation that you've done. Um... And it's about a quarter of the caffeine, but then it's good for you. Yeah. It's honest energy. So here's the recipe. I mean, it's recipe time here on One Delightful Podcast. Two okay. scoops of your favorite coffee, two scoops of Creo Brew and yeah. the French press. 
and you get a tiny bit of caffeine and a whole lot of flavor. And it's high in antioxidants and theobromine. Okay, anyways, it's like the taste of coffee without the jitters. So we'll put a link to it. I like it. Philip kind of likes it. So if that's not a recommendation, <laughs> I don't know what is. Philip, what do you recommend? All right, my recommendation this week is a show. Um, and it's not, or I guess maybe oh our gosh. theme of today is this isn't the greatest stuff of all time, but it's stuff that we enjoy. We give it a solid B. Um, and my solid B this week is the DIY Network show, Main Cabin Masters. Everybody already turned off the show already because you just like... No, I think people love realistic opinions about things. And it's we actually really like this show. Let's we be like honest. it in part because it's set in New England and it's where we're at. So it's some places that we've heard of before. People are so desperate for a show recommendation, they'll take anything. And I think Maine Cabin Masters totally fits that bill. It's this dude from Maine, a few members of his family, and a lively crew who go around to these really picturesque like lakes and coastal mm-hmm. communities in Maine where people, they don't have cabins, they have camps mm-hmm. and they renovate these little shacks. Very modest. Yeah. And take them from like substandard to livable. Yeah. So it's not like luxury yeah. accommodations, it's not but it's like, really cool places right. that you could actually like move into. Yeah. So I think I didn't like this show at first because it was like, uh, it wasn't making a full transformation like uh, this is amazing. Like their designer, I would say, um, maybe should run like the arts and crafts booth somewhere. <laughs> I hope I don't ever meet Ashley in real life. Yeah, because she probably could beat you up pretty bad. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, She's likable, and I think she's become more likable. But it's not like you don't expect like a fixer-upper renovation. Like it's more a little bit more like this Rustic. old house renovation. You no, know, this old house makes well-crafted, beautifully designed things. Please do not knock this well, old house. Well, it's more like I draw a line at critiques of this old house. I would say it's more like about the subject is more the renovation like of the structure than it is like design. Yeah. Cause most of them aren't like winterized and stuff like that. It's rustic, but it's entertaining. Okay. And I would say it's kind of nice visual candy when it's been really cold and it's nice to look at like the water. It reminds you that summer is coming eventually. And if you watch it, could you please like look for how they make fun of Ashley on the show? That's going to do it for this week's episode of One Delightful Podcast. If you want to shop using our Amazon affiliate link, the link is in our profile or the show notes as it's also called. And let us tell you what our favorite item purchased this past week using the affiliate link was. It was Little Girls Double Icing Ruffle Leggings Triple Cotton Boutique Elastic Waist Slacks Joggers Activewear. And if you're wondering what icing ruffles stands for, I think it's the ruffles at the ankles. It is the longest title for the smallest pair of pants I've ever seen. They're trying to think of as many keywords they could put in an Amazon listing. That listing is SEO optimized. No wonder they found it. I'm really wondering though, 
The range of these pants costs from $199 to $645, so I hope you got a steal on these pants, and maybe we'll even put a link to these icing pants in the show notes. So you can see them, the longest title for the shortest pair of pants. And but anyway, we appreciate it when you use our Amazon yeah. link when you shop on Amazon. It supports the show. You can find out more about us at OneDelightfulCreative.com or by following One Delightful Home on Instagram. And if you could leave us a review on iTunes, we would be so grateful or whatever platform you're using. No. Do you even leave reviews on other ones? We'll find out. Have a great week.